Gift Biz Unwrapped, episode 395. When I look at what I've made, I think, yeah, that's pretty darn good. (laughs) That's going to sell itself. Are you discouraged because your business is not performing as you had envisioned? Are you stuck and confused about how to turn things around? Sue's best-selling book is structured to help you identify where the holes are in your business and show you exactly how to fix them. You'll learn from Sue and owners just like you who are seeing real growth and are living their dream. Maker to master. Find and fix what's not working in your small business. Get it on Amazon or through www.giftbizunwrapped.com master. Hi there, it's Sue and thanks for joining me here today. Our guest is in what I call the up the game stage in her business. This is a stage when you've gotten started, validated that there's a market for your product, put most of the foundational elements in place, and are now ready to take it to the next level. That includes stepping into the unknown and taking risks. But in return, you learn about what works and what doesn't in your business, and this paves the way for growth. Heidi and I talk about her thoughts of adding a Shopify website to her online presence, She's invested already in an Etsy account, so what should she do about that? You'll also hear how she prepared for her first wholesale trade show, what went well, what she wished she would have done better, and her thoughts for the future. Additionally, for those of you who are just getting started, you'll hear about the very beginning of Heidi's business and what she's done to get to where she is right now. She's not that far along that you can't relate. And we're both hoping this will jumpstart you into action. Speaking of action, let's head over to the show. Today, I am so excited to share with you Heidi Wicks of Bark Beetle Niceties. Heidi is the owner and designer of all the products offered at Bark Beetle Niceties. She started out with bridal and flower girl accessories and later began making holiday ornaments. These ornaments quickly became her bestsellers and it's now the focus of her business. She also creates kits so that her craftier customers can make their own. Heidi says she's the happiest when thinking creative thoughts and using her hands to make those thoughts into products. And she's very lucky because this is now her job. Heidi, welcome to the Gift Biz Unwrapped podcast. Thank you, thanks for having me. I love you talking about how it makes you so happy because it's now your job. Yes. That's what we strive for, right? Exactly. That's what we think when we start a business. We are thinking, oh, life is just going to be so much happier and so much nicer now. And that's reality (laughs) for you. So amen to that. Yes. Thank you. (laughs) Let's start off with getting to know you in a creative way, and that is through a motivational candle. So if you were to envision what a candle would look like that would totally resonate with you, describe it to us by a color and possibly a saying or a quote. I am more of a kind of wall hanging person. So that's what I was thinking of. And I hate to pick a color to be my favorite. So what I pictured was a lot of flowers and a lot of variations in color and a lot of variations in greens. And what just keeps popping into my head while I work is have faith in your product. So that would be my motivational phrase. And what does that mean to you? Have faith in your product? 
Well, I know I'm doing good work, which is a big deal for me to say, because I've always had <laughs> imposter syndrome and doubts about my own abilities. And when I look at what I've made, I think, yeah, that's pretty darn good. <laughs> that's going to sell itself. Well, and it's true. I mean, the quality of your product, you and I met at a craft show, right? Right. Well, it's a craft show, but it was more of a wholesale show of handmade products, right? Right. And I was attracted to your booth right away because Good. of the style of your booth, number one. So I want to get Good. into that, but also the quality of the products that you were showing. Excellent. Clearly what you're saying in terms of having faith in the product resonates for sure out to consumers. Yeah. Did you always feel that way or did you see it when you looked at the product and then were customers telling you that too? Well, when I started out, I was kind of working in a vacuum. I started an Etsy store and I was working by myself. I still work by myself, but I feel like more and more people have found my store. Mm -hmm. So I get better feedback. And then once I figured out what was selling best, that's what I concentrated on, which is the ornaments. Right. Let's talk a little bit about the progression of the business. You started more with a focus on the bridal industry. Yeah. How did you get the idea of even starting a business to begin with? Well, I love being creative, but I'd have a finished whatever I was working on and not know what to do with it. And you can only foist so many things on friends and family, and maybe it's not even their taste. And also I was trying to figure out I used to be a dating coach, which I loved. I loved my clients. They were lovely, but I just kind of didn't believe in it anymore. I knew I wanted to do something else and I didn't know what. I have this hobby or want to have a hobby, but I don't do it because I don't know what to do with the end product. So then I thought, well, there's Etsy. Maybe I could try that. And here I am. So you kind of were just playing around with it a little bit, maybe making it a little bit more official by starting an Etsy shop. And then one thing started leading to another. Yes. Okay. How was your experience in starting that Etsy shop? Well, I have to say Etsy made it really easy to start the shop. I'm in the process of trying to also be on Shopify. Good for you. Yes. Anyone who listens knows that that's my go-to place. So. <laughs> Excellent. Well, good. Maybe I can get advice from you on that because it's, it's different trying to start up there than Etsy. And maybe it's just what I'm used to and then what's new. Well, we can talk about that in a second, but yeah. So talk about the Etsy shop. Yeah. So everything you just, they make it super easy. It's all very streamlined if you want to get started. And I did payments and shipping and everything all through Etsy, which I would highly recommend for anybody. I mean, yeah, you maybe pay a little bit more, but it saves you time and complication and it just made it super easy. And this was all bridal at that point? Well, bridal and some, let's see, I'm trying to think. So yeah, so I did like bridal hair accessories and shoe clips, and I have a little bit of that left, mm -hmm. but it's not what sold that well. Right, which is how you gravitated more into all of the ornaments. Yeah, because I was thinking, okay, it's smart to focus on seasonal stuff. So holiday, okay, oh, I love Christmas ornaments. And then that's kind of how I started thinking about that. And then I just thought about growing up, we had these really gorgeous glass German. My mom is, my opa was from Germany. So we had all these really beautiful glass ornaments from Germany. So I just kind of took that as inspiration and then made felt versions of that. They're so beautiful. Oh, thanks. 
you all have to go and look at her Etsy shop and see what we're talking about. <laughs> You'll understand it when you see them for sure. How long did, would you say from the time that you signed up for an Etsy account till you had your shop up and running? How long did that take? Oh, it took me a while to photograph everything and write the description for my items. But other than that, it was quick. That's what I was hoping I would hear you say. For those of you who are listening who maybe have always done face-to-face -face shows and never had an online presence, Etsy could be a great place to start. And you know, we were just talking, Heidi, about the difference between Etsy and having your own site, which would be what you would be doing on Shopify. There is absolutely no problem having both of them up and running because you're attracting different customers to the different sites. You might have some things on Etsy that also aren't on your Shopify site, but you might have some things just on Shopify that you would never put on Etsy. Right. Like they don't have to mimic each other at all. Okay, that's good to know. Yeah, it's two different ways of you attracting customers, having them purchase, etc. Totally different strategies too, of course. So there's no reason you don't have both. It's not like it has to be one or the other. And if you're seeing success through Etsy, you don't have to replace it. Just keep going. Maybe enhance a little bit what you're doing as Etsy changes some of the results, kind of change. Totally your choice, but you can look at both of them as different channels for different purposes. Yeah, and also I feel like I've done a lot of work getting people to find my Etsy store and why would I give that up? Right, totally agree with you. Okay, going back again a little bit to just starting your business. Yeah. How did you decide on all of those initial things? Like you already knew what your product was, but how did you decide on your name? Mm -hmm. You and I had a conversation when we met in person about your branding, which I really want to get into. Step me through what you did first. Take me back in time. Well, I knew I didn't want to limit myself in what my product line was going to be. So I didn't want to name that pigeonholed me. And then I was just sort of, I would come up with ideas and they were already taken. So one of my favorites was Pretty Girl Floyd. Like there was Pretty Boy Floyd who was that, was he a gangster or a boxer? <laughs> I can't remember. But anyway, somebody already had that. I think she's a photographer or something. But anyway, so I was just sort of throwing things around and I don't know how I hit on Bark Beetle, but then I saw the Barking Beetle and I thought, oh my God, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. Yeah. Well, that's a good lesson on in and of itself is just because you have a name that you've been attracted to and you really want, if it's already taken, go find something else. You will fall in love with something else versus, you know, how people will do underscores or pluses or change and make different spelling of things yeah. that always makes it harder for people to really find you. Right. So that was a good move. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. And I love how the graphics turned out for it. Yeah. So first off, staying with the name, you added niceties to the end. Yes, because on Etsy, there was already Bark Beetle. It's a man, he's in Ireland, and he hasn't done anything for a few years, but I didn't want to get into that. Well, if he doesn't do anything, he needs to give you his name. He needs to release it. I'm just saying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I do. I've gotten attached to niceties, though. Well, you could have both, but I like niceties too. I like that as well. Then let's talk about the graphic. How did you go about getting that done? Well, 
I have to give a huge shout out to my good friend, Geely Wolf and Big Bad Industries is her. Yeah. And I passed her contact information on to a couple people already. Oh, good. Good. Yeah. She is super talented and just a really good person and kind and fun. And that's the kind of person I like to work with. But, you know, I explained to her, I had this picture in my head of the barking beetle. So she started out sketching things and then we just found this clip art that worked. The beetle itself is just some clip art. And then she did the woof in the speech bubble and the font she found, which I just really love because I've never seen anything quite like it. I mean, for the name itself. So you were inspired by some clip art, but then you made it your own with all the additions and adjustments and all of that. Right. Okay. So you have your name, you have your logo, you're starting an Etsy site. How are you driving people to the site or what else were you doing in those early days to get business? Where we live in Colorado, I live in Golden, and it's in Jefferson County. And Jefferson County had this small business, well, seminar that you could take, workshop. And it's sadly, I think COVID just killed it. It lost its funding because it was taxpayer funded. So it was really a phenomenal program. And so that's where I learned a lot of valuable stuff. You can work with one of their people and she kind of coached me on some of this stuff, but it's hard to drive traffic, honestly, to Etsy when you are a small fish in such a huge ocean mm-hmm. of other Etsy stores. So it was, you have to be patient. And it took me a couple of years. I mean, I got my first sale maybe a couple months into having the Etsy store open. And I wish I had given her, a, the woman who bought she the first purchaser? She actually wrote me my first review. Very good. Yay. <laughs> yeah. And I didn't understand, you know, how to like, oh, I could have messaged her and said, thank you. And I didn't learn that till maybe a year later. And I thought, oh, shoot, I should have done something special for her. Because once you get one review, that really helps you. And then I'm trying to think like the percentage of people who give reviews is maybe a quarter of them. That's pretty good. Yeah. And maybe even more. So, and actually the first thing I sold, cause I was trying to flesh out the advice is you should have a hundred items in your Etsy store so that you show up better in the searches. At least this was the advice three years ago. So I kind of fleshed it out with some craft supplies. So I had some fabrics that I'd been sitting on for 20 years and trims and things like that. So one of the first things I sold was fabric and this lovely woman wrote a nice review. And so that kind of got the ball rolling, but it's, I've taken all the advice about having your tag words and I have all those filled out and just really trying to follow best practices for getting your stuff noticed. But like I said, it's a huge ocean of people. So it's taken me a few years to get people. Well, I did ask friends to favorite my shop, you know, and I I did get some advice that I should have friends purchase things. And to me, that felt fraudulent. (laughs) Like I couldn't bring myself to do that. So I just slogged it out for a while. Etsy's definitely changed over the years. I'm hearing from a lot of people who were very successful even three, five years ago on Etsy, now having to do much more to get an order each and every time. Yeah. I think maybe part of it's the algorithm. I'm 
don't claim to be an Etsy specialist, but I I have had a number of Etsy experts on the show. So I've heard from them, but I know that what you're doing in terms of adding words in your description, the title Mm -hmm. of your products and all of that seems to be where you'll attract the most people on Etsy these days. And that's why we're saying like the difference between Etsy and your Shopify account is when you have a Shopify account, that is your own website and you have to take responsibility for driving people there right? Yeah. The cost structures are different, et cetera. Etsy is more until someone knows you and wants to come back and find your shop is way more product driven search. Yeah. And also I'm leaving out a key bit of information that I just remembered I do. I advertise. (laughs) So I do spend money on Etsy advertising. And also Pinterest seems to work really well for me because I advertise on there. Wonderful. Yeah. And your pins are driving people to the Etsy shop? Yes. Perfect. Yeah, we've also started really talking much more about Pinterest lately. So I'm glad to hear that, that your Pinterest ads are working. Yeah, and I've spent, I happen to love Pinterest. And I think that's important if you're going to focus on a certain social media because you're going to have to spend time on it. So you better like it. I have an Instagram account and I had a young guy working on it for me and he has since moved away to New York and has a really good job out there. And so my Instagram is pretty much dormant now because I don't enjoy it. And Pinterest, it's, I guess it's more passive and it's, I, you know, I like looking at all the, uh, there's a million things on there and that's where I get a lot of inspiration actually for what I do. But I think and it's been hard to try to figure out the best route on Pinterest algorithm wise. For a while there, I spent way too much time on there and I couldn't keep it up. So you need to listen to some of my podcasts on Pinterest. Okay. <laughs> because I mean, it's a great platform. The one thing overall I'll tell you right now is that your time spent on Pinterest is an investment also because those pins will keep coming up where with instagram when you put the images and you make a post or i don't even care a reel whatever you want to say those get lost in the feed over time but with pinterest you're making much more of an investment there's a whole bunch to talk about in pinterest i will share with you some of the best episodes to look at i think it's going to put your mind at ease and and excite you about that platform again great and for everyone who's listening very recently i did something for all of you which is categorized the podcast topics so if you're looking at any of the social media sites, if you want to dive into a certain type of industry as a maker, like you want to look at all things that are knitting, for example, things like that, all the podcasts have been categorized. And you can go and see that at giftbizunwrapped.com forward slash topics. Then you can kind of prioritize what shows you want to listen to based on what you're working on on your business at the time. Heidi, I didn't mean to bring that up, but there's some great stuff on Pinterest. So I wanted to just share that too, right here. I'm glad you did. Yeah. So now you are also approaching wholesale at this point. Yes. Right. What types of changes did you need to make or things did you need to add on to prepare yourself for starting to talk to boutiques? Well, I decided to put together kits, like DIY kits. Oh, was that because of wholesale? Yeah. You just decided that would be an appropriate product for wholesale? Okay. 
I took a huge leap signing up for H&H America's show because I had nothing, you know, I had ready-made stuff and that was kind of a raw material show. But I figured, well, I think it's a raw material. So that forced me to, because I've been thinking about it for a while and this is what I needed. That's the boost I needed or the panic I should say I needed <laughs> to get me motivated. But you were there. That's where I saw you. So... Yeah, so I did it. And that was a huge financial investment because of all the printing costs for the packaging and then the print materials just for marketing. But those will last me a while. So I feel like, okay, it's that old adage. You have to spend money to make money. And yeah, so that's what I did. <laughs> so how was the receptivity at the show? Oh my gosh, I people loved the packaging and they loved the product, which is great. And I was not, since I'm a newbie, this is the first show period I've ever done on any level. So I knew, I kind of thought of it as, okay, I'm going to school because I'm not going to be completely prepared because I've never done this before. So I was okay with that. <laughs> and I figured, you know, I may not make any sales, but that's okay. And I didn't make any sales there because I was not prepared to take orders. I didn't know how to do that. Oh, interesting. Okay. So that's part of why I'm going to do Shopify or I'm starting to do Shopify so that from what I understand, I talked to Melissa from M Creative J. Is that right? M Creative J. She was also in the Indian Tangled Pavilion. And I was talking to her about how do you take orders here. And I think she was saying something about she does kind of a draft invoice and can just kind of digitally send it to the buyer. And then that's, I don't know, because like I said, I'm not completely into Shopify yet. So I don't understand all the ins and outs. Well, the great thing that you did was jump in and do it. Yeah. <laughs> and the thing that attracted me again to you was your booth and the images and the display and that's honestly, so good to know like like honestly i'll say i might get challenged on this but i'm going to say it anyway your product can be stellar i guess i'll say but if the packaging and the way you're presenting it isn't also in line and looking good and buttoned up and professional and attractive it doesn't matter how great your product is because it's not even going to get a chance I think I'm with you there for sure. Just knowing how I am, <laughs> I really am a sucker for good packaging. <laughs> well, and especially if you end up being on a shelf in a local shop with other people, yeah. if yours doesn't look good or it looks cheap or thrown together, what does that say about the product that's inside? It shouldn't, but it does. I think that is how a lot of people are wired. You buy lots of different things by how it's packaged or what the labeling looks like. We just do. Mm -hmm. And everything that I saw from you looked very good. And that's because you had just done it for the show. Yes. You're set up. You're ready to go, right? Yeah. And so are you thinking for your Shopify site that you'll do direct-to-consumer and wholesale? Yeah, that's the goal. So you'll have two different links there, one yeah. for each. And yeah. then people who want to purchase wholesale could then do it right through that site. Yes. Are you going to do H&H &H again? I might I see you there. Yeah, I am. I signed up already. Yep. Okay, good. I think I'm going to exhibit there as well next oh, year. Oh, good. Yeah. But, you know, you could also go as far as just having, you know, your order sheet 
handwritten if you had to. I've been at some shows where like the internet's not working well. And so if you're wanting to take orders right on the floor, you can't swipe cards or anything like that. And you don't want to say, oh gosh, we can't do it today. Go over to my Shopify site and get it done. Because you're going to lose a bunch of those people. So it's always good to have the paper back up as well, just in case. Yeah. Are you in any wholesale placements right now? Well, I just got my first one. Congratulations. Yeah. And they found me at the show, but they're here in Denver. And it's nice to have like a personal relationship. And then I can just drive my stuff over there. It saves them shipping. So I got my first one there. I have sent out promotional stuff with sample kits and things like that to other stores. And I need to do more of that. I only did five because I've hit my busy season right now. I had intended to get those out sooner and I just hit some stumbling blocks because I wanted to have the Shopify going before I, and now it's, I shouldn't have waited for that. I should have just jumped in and sent stuff. It's okay. You live, you live and learn and you can do it. I mean, the holiday is approaching, but one of the things with the holidays, particularly this year is some local boutiques won't get the things that they ordered for Christmas. You know, the whole supply, and especially if things are coming from overseas or some vendors don't have anything. Yeah. So it's not a bad idea to still approach some of the local boutiques, even if they can't use it for this holiday season, they're going to know about you and then you can follow up for the future, but they might. And that could be something that you could even say to them is in case some of the things that you had planned to sell in the holidays don't come through because of the supply chain, remember that I'm here, whatever comes naturally to you. Yeah. But that is something that I'm already seeing people have success with because some products are hard to come by. That's good to know. <laughs> yeah. There you go. <laughs> yeah. So this was your very first booth at the show. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right? And yes, it was a wholesale show, but I think we can use some of the things that you did for either whether it's a direct-to-consumer show or a wholesale show. Mm -hmm. How did you go about deciding what you were going to put in your booth? I wanted to pause this discussion for a second to let you know that I recognize you may be feeling overwhelmed right now. I mean... I bring on great guests who are specialists in their fields, and we get into fabulous conversations that you know can help grow your business. So after the show, you have the full intention of grabbing a download, making an adjustment on your website, or any number of other ideas that arise as a result of this podcast. But what happens? You get back to your other activities, and the momentum you once had gets lost. What you've planned to do is forgotten. Then you feel bad because your business is going on as usual without implementing anything that you know would help grow your business. We're just too busy doing all the things, like a robot, moving from one thing to another without thinking. Because we have to. I get it. I've been there. But guess what? There is another way. Since I recognized this exact behavior in my own business, I set out to do something about it. And now, what works for me, I'm sharing with you. I formalized the process, and it's called the Inspired Daily Planner, made specifically for gifters, bakers, crafters, and makers. But it's not your ordinary planner. First off, it comes with a video explaining my productivity strategy. Plus, it's not dated, so you can start using your planner 
the second it arrives at your doorstep. And that's not all. Included for each day is a motivational message or business building tip and plenty of space to capture and book in time for to-dos, schedule appointments, and all those other ideas that are now getting lost. Think of it as a book and a planner all in one, yet compact enough to carry with you and resource as necessary. It's the perfect solution to truly act and move your business forward. Go to giftbizunwrapped.com forward slash inspired to get your hard copy planner along with my Power of Purpose video that will set you on the path for true business growth. This makes a great gift too. So if you have a biz bestie, pick up a planner for them too. That link again is giftbizunwrapped.com forward slash inspired. Okay, let's get back to the show. I'm lucky because the kits are all the same size. So I knew I just needed stuff to hang them on and be able to lay them out. I think next year, I, maybe it was a little busy this year. So maybe I'll try to streamline where the product selection makes more sense so people can see, oh, this is what you have. And these are the colors you have in it. I'm not sure it was all that clear this time around. We have a local antique mall not too far from us. And I went there and just, I don't know, tried to get ideas and things that were, since I drove to Chicago, I knew I could fit bigger things instead of trying to ship stuff or just carry everything on a plane. Mm -hmm. But I knew it needed to fold. That was my jumping off point. And it's kind of fun to go in and you've got these parameters that you need to fit into, not just the booth size, but also the logistics of getting it there. And then also what colors will be fun, but not detract from your product. I find if I have kind of borders around something, I can, it helps me be creative. So I feel like I was lucky in my finds and I didn't have to spend a whole lot of money that the thing that I spent money on was folding screens. And the ones that I got were from Target and they weren't that expensive. You saw me while you were talking. I was looking on my phone. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Um, I was pulling up the show. Oh yeah. So that I could remind myself of what you did. Yeah. The thing that I really liked about your booth that I think attracted me in, in addition to the uniformity that you had, because you're talking about how your products were all the same size, so it made it a little bit easier, is your ornaments have a lot of color to them, not overwhelming color, but solid color and design. And you didn't compete with the background stuff. Like the screens that you have were all neutral, right? And so you allowed your product really to pop. Yeah. Oh, good. So I was successful because that was my goal. (laughs) Yeah, no, it looks great. And that was because you got inspiration when you were going out and looking at some of the other shows or other shops and just seeing how they were displaying things? No, I... Is this your own genius, Heidi? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if I'd go that far, (laughs) but it was, I think I'd already found the screens first. So I knew the wood color would have to all be the same. Otherwise it was just going to look busy. So then I found those crates. They're like, one of them is like a Pepsi crate. One of them my husband had. It's like a fruit crate. I'm looking at them right now. Yes. (laughs) So those are all the same wood tone. And then I found that kind of pink metal folding tray. Mm -hmm. So I thought, okay, that's going to be my one color. 
I didn't want too many colors because then that was going to, again, be busy. And then that uh, magazine rack, that's the white thing with all the... Like if you wanted to put brochures or things like that. I know you know this, but I'm going to tell everybody else. The texture of the metal of that rack is almost the same imprint design as in the tray. I know. So it almost looks like it came together intentionally. Yeah, I couldn't believe that. I couldn't believe my luck. So that was a happy accident for sure. And where were you finding all these items? An antique mall. Okay. So there were different vendor booths. Yeah. So those were two different vendors that had those. It looks great. And what about, let's talk about the bird house. Oh, the bird cage. I forgot about that. Yes. Yeah. So there's that red, that pink red again. I just thought, oh my God, I love that. And I thought it would be fun to hang some of the samples in there of the finished product. Yeah. Very creative. Very pretty. And honestly, I mean, you don't have a ton of product in the booth. But you don't need to because you're selling wholesale. You know, it's a right. different story you're selling to the consumer because they're going to want to buy it right then and there. Yeah. So you have to have it available. You don't have to have it all displayed. But you laid out the booth very nicely where it doesn't look sparse. But if you were to really count up all the products, there's enough, but there's not too much. But there's also not too little. So the balance was beautiful. Oh, good. And again, that's what made me come up and want to talk with you and learn more about your story and all of that was the display, which just goes to prove how important that is for attracting people. Yeah. What did you learn at this show in terms of working the booth? Something to help out people who are listening, who are maybe going to attend the, their very first show this holiday season. Yeah. Well, I originally had a friend who was going to come with me. And for me personally, I think it was a good thing that she couldn't make it because it forced me to be very social <laughs> and advice I got a long time ago from somebody who I knew who was in marketing. He helped me with my date coaching business, with the logo and all that stuff. And he said, you're selling yourself too. So, and I think that's true with this business because I'll have a relationship with the stores that I sell to or the customers. Like I love that the personal relationship, whatever little bits you can have through Etsy with the customers. That's one of my favorite things. You know, I think you are as a maker and the designer and the developer yeah. of your products, you do want to talk with customers and your wholesale accounts. They need to know who you are. Yes. And so being there by myself, I had to, you know, show up. Mm -hmm. The only thing is, is it made it hard to leave the booth to look around. Or go to the restroom. Or go, yeah. <laughs> Small things like that. <laughs> and then you got to eat at some point. So bring snacks, bring your own water, even though they may have it at the show that you can buy. It's nice to have it right there so you don't have to leave. But it is worthwhile to get up and connect with the other exhibitors too. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, because it's so nice. This is one of the first in-person shows to come up after the pandemic. So it was really nice to be in person with lots of people who felt the same way. Like they're all happy to see each other. and. Yeah. And this was yeah. the first H&H show in America, too. So that was fun. Everyone, you know, there were a lot of people who were brand new to the show in and of itself. Right. So that was perfect for a yeah. newbie like me, because I think that helped, too, that, well, I'm not the only one who's doing this one for the first time anyway. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So being there, being able to connect and talk with people, so mm -hmm. important. 
I think it's a good idea, especially if it's a selling show where you're actually purchasing, swiping cards, packaging up product and giving it yeah. to have somebody else there with you because then you can be talking to someone, someone else can be finishing through a sale, right? Because once someone's ready to buy, they're ready to buy and get moving on, right? Yeah. But the point you bring up is you want to, as much as you can, especially when, obviously when there are people at the booth, not just be talking to each other, but be talking to the customers, right? Right. Also, it was a very small booth. Well, I had one chair. So if there were two of us, we'd have to split time. <laughs> Someone could be out in the aisle, though, saying hi. That's you know, true. Being on the That's other true. side and just yeah. chatting with people. Yeah. And then another thing I'll just gleam from what we were talking about before, if you're actually selling at the show, perfect your checkout system, whatever it's going to be, how you're going to run a card or to what I was talking about earlier, if Wi-Fi goes down, have an alternate method so you don't lose those sales. Yeah. But all your brochures looked great. You know, like all, you know, your cards, the brochures, everything was spot on. Yeah, good. And that, thank you, Geely. <laughs> yeah, she's awesome. Yeah. yeah. And now that's done. Now that's ready to go. Yeah. Yeah. Anything else you can think of about the show? So I did kind of take the temperature from attendees and exhibitors both to see what they thought of the show. And I'm glad I did that right there at the show. And the overwhelming response was, this is a great show. We're coming back. So that's how I knew I wanted to do it again. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you're hearing from people who are experienced with shows already, just not that show. Yeah. And usually if you sign up for a show when you're already at the show, there's some type of a discount for your booth space. So it's always worth taking advantage of that if you can. Yeah. 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 How about transporting the items? So you drove from Colorado. Yeah. How about anything with that in terms of setup and getting to the show and all of that? Well, next time I will bring a dolly. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> and you can hire people to help you move stuff. If you've got really big stuff, I think it might be worth the investment mm -hmm. to do that. I would also recommend if you can drive because things get lost. I was next door to, to somebody who they flew in from Canada and their stuff never arrived the whole time they were there for the show. They had some that they had carried on. Mm -hmm. with them. But I mean, things can happen. Well, and crossing the border is always a challenge. We send product across all different borders. And at that disconnect between country to country, your tracking gets more difficult. And uh -huh. I, this does not surprise me at all. Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately. Yeah. In, in country, it's not so bad. Like if you have a couple of big boxes and you just want to have them shipped out just because it's easier. That wouldn't be so bad. But Right. Yeah. Because they do have that. You can drop ship stuff. Yeah. 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 But since my booth was so simple, mm -hmm. I didn't need to do that. It's very portable and very simple. Yeah. I have a booth that's in one of those big, massive crates. Oh, yeah. So, you know, I have to do all the drayage and all of that type of thing. But I also have a smaller sized booth that I can take with me, just like what we're talking about. You know, so I'm flexible. It depends where we're going, yeah. which one I take. Right? Yeah, that's good to know. Yeah. Yeah. You can do different things based on, you know, your situation, of course. Yeah. So we already know that you're looking to get into more wholesale accounts. Mm -hmm. What else are you seeing as you project into the future? We're going to do some manifesting for you. <laughs> oh, excellent. <laughs> well... Okay, my pie in the sky goal is to get into anthropology. 
I don't know if that'll ever happen. I mean, they're notoriously difficult to get into from what I've learned over the past couple of years. Just I have not attempted it because I don't feel ready for that by any means. So there is growth in my future for sure. So I need to figure out when to hire somebody. I don't think I'm there yet. I don't know how to hire somebody. You know, I don't know how to be an employer, but it's something, I mean, I've started reading things about that and I know it's something I can figure out. And then at some point I want to do something to help out women who have maybe had a hard time of it and have some kind of program to help them get in the workforce or get back in the workforce. So I don't know exactly what that's going to look like, but that's always been in the back of my mind that someday I want to help out in some way and not just, I don't want this just to be a money-making venture. I mean, that's great, but I also want to put some of that money into other things, community-related things. We've done some episodes about that too, in terms of businesses that have an ulterior purpose. Aha, great. Motivational purpose, you know, whatever. And you know, it all starts out with the idea and the intent. You have to know what you're trying to do. And then it reveals itself over time because you've already got it in your mind that that's what you want to do. Yeah, right. And we're doing that actually right now because there are people who are listening who make things and are thinking, want to monetize it. I love what I'm doing. And to your point in the beginning, I've made so many. Now, what do I do with them? Just put them aside and just look at them? You know, what do I do with them? So you're already helping people by just being on the show and telling your story with the things that you wish you would have done differently. That's why I kind of go through the step by step so that people can see, okay, well, I'm right where Heidi was at this point. And here's what she did next. Different product, perhaps, but they can make that transition over for their own situation. Right. So you're already doing it, Heidi. You didn't even know it. (laughs) Excellent. And I have to say, I wish I had known about this podcast before I started. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you for that. And a lot of the things that we've touched on, there have been episodes about. So you may want to go back and look in some of the stream about some of those. I think they could be really helpful. Yeah, I will definitely do that. Wonderful. Well, speak to the listener who is just starting out. What words of inspiration or motivation would you have for them? Mm, Going back to the beginning, have faith in your product. If you know you have a good thing and, you know, you'll know if it's good or if it needs work and be honest with yourself because that's helpful. If you're honest with yourself, sometimes if I just put something to the side and think, and then I look at it later, I'm like, oh, you know, that's, that's actually pretty good. Or I look at it and go, okay, okay, that's what I need to change. Or I need to just give up on that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So have faith in yourself and your instincts, but also if you can find a community of fellow makers, I have been having a hard time. Like none of my friends do this and I've been finding people here and there, but I think, like I said, in the beginning, creating in a vacuum I need feedback anyway, to know if I'm on the right path or even just I'm self-taught and, you know, thank you, YouTube, (laughs) for a lot of what I've learned. It's a great resource. Yeah, seriously. So even just to have people who have skills that you don't have that you can learn from, I wish I could have had somebody who's really savvy in business. At some point, I need to find that person still, because that's not my thing. Well, we've got that all for you right in Gift Biz Unwrap. Excellent. Okay, you're my person. (laughs) And we have the ready-made community already. 
Yeah. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Come join us in our Facebook group, Gift Biz Breeze. Okay. There are, gosh, I think we're 5,000 strong at this point, maybe oh, more. Wow. Okay. Of all handmade creators and people share what they're doing. We talk about what the focus is for a week. You can ask questions if you have questions about anything. You can jump in there and ask whatever you want. So there's your community for free, <laughs> right at your fingertips. Excellent. And here's where I have to confess, I am not on Facebook. Uh-oh. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I have a, a cursory presence, but I don't know anything about it. Well, you know, we have a lot of people in the group who have felt the same way. They have a Facebook account with their profile, but they never go on their personal profile, but they come in the breeze. Okay. You know? So if you have an account, just search Gift Biz Breeze ask to join then you're not looking at the wall you're not getting all this other stuff you don't care about that part oh good okay Just come in the breeze and good. chat with us there i think you'd love it there okay excellent if you'd like and of course the offer is open to everyone who's listening you know at the end of the show i talk about the breeze so when we're all done you'll hear a little promo about it and you'll hear my favorite post of the week every week so i'm going to leave you in suspense because i want you to listen to it if you haven't joined the breeze yet make sure to jump in 100 free fabulous women there absolutely fabulous women so heidi thank you so much i know you were a little hesitant to come on <laughs> yeah. yeah i didn't die <laughs> no and you know i like to get people at all stages of the journey people who are yeah. just starting people who have started paving the path which is what you're doing and then also those people that we aspire to that are successful. And then we learn that they also have their challenges. You know, I mean, things don't change. There never gets to be a point where everything is buttoned up. You know 100% what you're doing. You're always striving to do something different, more situations change, all of that. So we're here to lift up each other. And you've done a wonderful job of helping you know, people who are just starting out think of what could be and maybe we'll even prompt some people to get their businesses started. Wouldn't that be great? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, again, thank you so very much for coming on today and sharing your story. Well, it was a real pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Just to reiterate the answer to the title of this episode, there is no reason why you can't have multiple streams of revenue from your online efforts. Yes, you can have a website that you 100% own and control through a platform like Shopify, and you can be on Etsy. You can also have a presence on Amazon Handmade or sell through one of the many social media platforms. Apart from being consistent in branding, one channel doesn't have to promote the same products as another. These should be chosen based on the customers that you attract from the different platforms. Makes a lot of sense when you consider it this way, doesn't it? If you're enjoying the podcast and would like to show support, a rating and review is always fabulous because it helps get the show seen by more makers. It's a great way to pay it forward. And there's another way where you can get something tangible in return for your support too. Visit my merch shop for a wide variety of inspirational items like mugs, journals, water bottles, and more featuring logos, images, and quotes to inspire you throughout your day. Makes a great gift, too. And we've just added some new products for the season to the shop. Turnaround is quick, and the quality is top-notch. Nothing but the best for you. <laughs> Take a look at all the options at giftbizunwrapped.com forward slash shop.
all proceeds from these purchases helps go to offset the cost of producing the show. And now, be safe and well, and I'll see you again next time on the Gift Biz Unwrapped podcast. I want to make sure you're familiar with my free Facebook group called Gift Biz Breeze. It's a place where we all gather and are a community to support each other. I've got a really fun post in there that's my favorite of the week, I have to say, where I invite all of you to share what you're doing, to show pictures of your product, to show what you're working on for the week, to get reaction from other people, and just for fun because we all get to see the wonderful products that everybody in the community is making my favorite post every single week, without doubt. Wait, what? Aren't you part of the group already? If not, make sure to jump over to Facebook and search for the group Gift Biz Breeze. Don't delay. Come join us in Gift Biz Breeze today.